This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Green and White brought to you by Argyle Life. 137 years and we're still counting as Argyle fall to a 4-0 mauling at the hands of Bolton Wanderers under the Wembley Arch. Had we recorded straight after the final whistle, I imagine this one might be an angry affair, but with the dust settling on that abject performance, we're back to discuss what went wrong at Wembley and preview our two Easter fixtures against Morecambe and Lincoln. Hopefully, the starting lineup for this pod doesn't disappoint as much as those in grey. Uh, Sam Down, are you over it yet? Yeah, very much so. Um, <laughs> I wasn't that bothered about the competition, to be honest. Like I've, I've quite consistently said it was the least important game of the remaining nine. Um, the thing I'm most worried about is that it has a detrimental impact on our confidence, because whilst I'm not that bothered by it, um, I'm just concerned as to how, you know, if that's how we react on the big occasion, I'm, I'm quite embarrassed by how badly we played, to be honest, because it wasn't just representing um, the club, it was representing the city. Nearly 39,000 people paid their hard-earned money, but, you know, probably well over a day's labour, um, probably more in many cases, um, to, to go there, spend, dedicated the whole day, set their alarms early. Um, I saw people there on, on Sunday who I'd not seen in years. There was that great sense of a city coming together, a community coming together uh, to support the team. And and they just completely let let, let every travelling fan down with that, that shambolic performance. Um, so, yeah, very, very was very disappointed. Um, but if we go up, then it'll soon be forgotten. So the, the short answer is yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Big Stan, how's things? Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, good. And Lou, how are you? Um, much better now than I was on Sunday afternoon, <laughs> I think. Good. I'm all for a constructive dissection of the performance at Wembley. However, sometimes we just have to rant. Who wants to run us through this one first, Sam? Get your talking out the way. I think he's already done that, hasn't he? I mean, it was just sort of over before it started, really, wasn't it? It just felt like there was no sort of jeopardy in it at all. Uh, two nil down in the first ten minutes. Thought maybe going in at two 0 maybe get an early goal second half, maybe get our way back into it. But then, obviously, they scored earlier in the second half, and that just seemed to kill it off entirely. Um, yeah, really poor performance. I don't think anyone could really say otherwise. They just seem to be overall by the occasion. 
Anything to add to that, Lou? Um, no, it's, it was it was very much the atmosphere building up to the game. I mean, it was it was yeah. I said I also didn't really give you know I wasn't that bothered about the competition, but you're not going to pass up the chance to be with I said the entire community up at Wembley because it doesn't happen very often. You know, my mum went in '96. I managed to go in 2016, but we're not going to speak about that one either. Um, and you're not going to pass up the opportunity. But as I said, from that, was it fourth minute when that goal went in and then the second one in the 10th? I, I was just sat there, just sort of, sort of numb to it, really. it's I very, very vividly remember saying, how have we gone to Wembley again and managed to play worse than the last time? Because maybe maybe not necessarily worse, but the result was, was a much more kick in the teeth, I think. It's the, issue that it's the fact that it was over before it even started. Uh, John yeah. joked on the last podcast that the Janna song would be the highlight. And I'm actually really disappointed that he's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely the atmospheric highlight of the day, uh, if not the, the complete highlight. Yeah, I reckon if they, if they, had, if they hadn't cut the Janna song off, then, um, then maybe we would have won that game. <laughs> South Africa killed it. They, they did cut it off, but obviously, and it was followed by a, a, a moment of tribute for Gordon Sparks, and I think that was uh, that was the the most emotional moment in a day. I think a, a few of us had, had, a, had a lump in our throat at, at that moment, but I think he um he, he would have he would have been as angry as anyone to see the performance and then followed it. It was so so frustrating to to see how badly you played. Like I know, I know you said I kind of already had commented, yeah, just to give a few more views of the performance. Defensively, it was absolutely shocking. Uh, I've I've heard some people say it was better than 2016. I've heard some people say it was worse. Either way, it's a low bar. Um, I I would say going forward, it was maybe a little bit better than 2016. Uh, We we had one or two half-decent moments going forward, like Callum Wright got in one-on-one and probably should have scored and and just slotted it wide. And if if that goes in, that's 2-1 halfway through the first half, you know. Maybe that gives us a a, a, a a boot up the backside and maybe we'll then start to play better, but that didn't happen. Um, defensively, I think it was worse than 20. Defensively, we made so many absolutely shocking errors, just just basics that not being gotten right, just little things that probably they wouldn't do, you know, 19 games out of 20, but that was the one game in 20 they did it. Stuff like Gillespie, who's been one of our best players all season, just completely switching off and, and, and letting men get in behind him multiple times. Um, Wilson doing similarly. Um, midfield, just not tracking runners. Bally Mumba, not tracking back much at all. Um, sloppy passage, that shambles of a throw-in routine for the third goal. Just, just defensively an absolute joke. Absolute joke. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I think, I, 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 like I say, um, it's a shame to be representing the city. People talk about water-cooler conversation. Um, Argyle in work, and in, in, I'm sure many people's work across the country ha- have been a water cooler conversation. We you know, did a bit of a buzz around the city, buzz about the football club, buzz about going to Wembley. And all the conversations being this week is what, a, what an absolute joke we were and what a dreadful performance we put in. Uh, and, and that, to me, actually matters far more than the competition. The fact that even when things are ostensibly going very well for us, and don't get me wrong, I'm not going to need you, things are going very well for us as a football club. The top of the league, we're doing great. But even when things are doing well for us, we still managed to manage to find a way to, to just be a joke and to make ourselves appear a joke. And that's what gets me most angry, more so than actually not winning the trophy. Yeah, there's a lot in that. Like, recently just been so excited and so, like, up for it. Like, granted, I wasn't in the earlier rounds of the competition yet. Yeah, fair enough, didn't go to games and whatever. But 
you know, as that trip to Wembley dawns and and you think, you know, this this team are different, you know, they're not gonna be a twenty sixteen. They're gonna they're gonna we're gonna fight, right? We might not win it, but it'll be a bloody good day out and you know, we'll, we'll run them close and, and whatever. And to just be two 0 down within ten minutes looking like honestly, somebody joked about it in the Twitter space, but you could put ten lads from the DJM in there. And they would have shown a lot more fight, a lot more courage, a lot more like they just wanting to be there. Is there anything in like, obviously Argyle always do this, you know, treating the big occasions as just another game. But obviously, do you, do you think that like Bolton's pre-game preparations had them better prepared for this one? Obviously, like we, we, apparently by all accounts, we, we still had players out taking selfies like half an hour before the, you know, the game kicks off or whatever. You know, Bolton, Bolton had already been there a day. Taken in Wembley the day before. Do you reckon it's it's preparation or one of those, isn't it? I mean, I can't really speak from experience in a professional football sense, but you know, it might be it might be good to take your mind off of it because some of those some everyone's different. You know, some players are probably going to if if they train specifically for this, they they're thinking about that. They it's good. It's not going to overwhelm them. Um, how you could look at the other way, and they're not maybe they weren't by by you know from what you said that maybe they weren't engaged i don't know it, it it's uh you know it's risk reward isn't it you you could do you could you could do either either of them um it's quite a partisan answer i guess but you know <laughs> it's 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 easy to look back on it now um just don't want to think about it i guess <laughs> fair enough i noticed that today that argyle have, have secretly put all of their papa john's merch on on sale for half price are you tempted to pick up any mementos of the day Stan? Uh, I think the chocolate bars aren't the, included. I think the only thing that I would get those for is to burn them to make me completely forget about the day. To be honest, I don't think I'd ever want to be reminded of it again. Sam mentioned it in his in his piece about the uh, twenty sixteen against this year. Which which one is worse? I think. 2016 was worse. I think it was a bigger occasion. Uh, I mean, looking at it now, we're still in the hunt for automatics. Uh, whilst obviously that was the end of our season, and even though we did go up the season after, we weren't to know that at the time. Uh, I think in terms of performance, this was worse, but in terms of the feeling, that was far, um, 2016 was far worse. The manner of defeat, wasn't it? I mean, I I, th- I sort of agree with that. The performance was worse this time. We were horrendous defensively, and I think the game was said a bit more credit to, to them. They they played well. They played us for part, I think. Um, but the feeling after Wimbledon was a lot worse. Maybe that's because it was a twenty six hour day for myself. Um, but the feeling was a lot worse after Wimbledon, I think. Um, because I think this one, you know, we're we're still we're still up there. We're still looking at automatics. I mean, if we were maybe 16th, 17th this year, maybe we'd be feeling a bit different about this game. But I think because we're doing so well in the league um, and the competition is what it is, I think a lot of us are a lot. We can manage this one a lot better than than, than 2016. So obviously talking through the uh, the game itself, you mentioned there, Lou, about the um, defensive, the defensive, you know, switch off. James Wilson, Macaulay Gillespie, Dan Scar, Bally Mumba. Joe Edwards, five usually very dependable men. Obviously, maybe not Ballymumba defending, but normally five very dependable men who you would argue is our strongest back five fell apart quite easily. It's 
So the thing I was looking at it as well, because you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but Scar came back for the game previously, wasn't he? He came yeah, back yeah. off, was off the bench. He came off the bench in the acting yeah. game because Bolton went off injured after half an hour. So he played most of the game, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, it, it's just because I said, Dan Scar is probably our best, probably best central defender. Um, but you do think maybe, maybe you try and keep, you know, Oh wow! Maybe maybe try and keep someone who's been in the team a bit more. But then again, I guess as you say, Bolton Bolton went out injured. I, I don't know. It's a weird one. You didn't expect it, and when you when you came out and you saw, I saw the way that Bolton were playing. I just they were taking us apart. You could just see. You, it's like in the crowd, you could see just the next pass they were going to make. I, again, I've not watched it back because I don't particularly, <laughs> I don't particularly want to. But um, you could see that there was there was there was gaps there. Um, maybe that was the midfield. Maybe not. Not communicating, not coming back, but that second one specifically, though, right? That's their second goal specifically. Yeah, just that, just that they literally like turn the ball around the corner, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, going to square that to two men at the back post yeah. that's completely unmarked. Yeah, you could you could you could see it coming from a mile away. It was like they had one extra man across the whole pitch, um, and that's whether we just didn't switch on quick enough at the beginning of the game. We said it was two goals in ten minutes. I don't know. Um, it, it wasn't good there. <laughs> Moving into midfield then, what, what does Matt Butcher need to do to start over Jordan Houghton? Oh, I don't get it. I think he's been our best midfielder um, over the past month, month, month and a half or so. Um, obviously, Randall's been injured that whole time. Matete, after an absolutely fantastic first few games and an absolutely brilliant performance off the bench against Derby, it's really, I think, flattered to deceive in a lot of the games. Even games in which we won, I don't think he's, he's played all that well. And some of them he's some of them he's not started. Um, Houghton's been very hit and miss. He's had some good games, but he's had some games where he really seems to have been overawed by the occasion, as he does sometimes tend to do. But she's just been consistently, regularly pretty good for, for the last uh, month or so, month and a half. I think in March, he won, the, he won the Argyle official player of the month. I think he won the Pasotti vote for player of the month as well. He's just been on really, really good form. And it, it just kind of baffles me that for... Yes, I, I know that I'm contradicting myself saying it's it's a big game, and I when I just said it's not it's not a big game, but clearly, you know, the club are viewing it as a big game. Schumacher was very much going into that thinking I'm going to select my strongest team, and if he's selecting his strongest team for me at the minute, Butcher should absolutely be in that ahead of. I think it should have been Butcher with one of the other two. I certainly don't think it should have been Houghton and Matete. I think both of them going into it in far worse form than Butcher. So I can only hope he's saving Butcher for for the Morecambe game, and I hopefully he'll play and contribute to a win because. He's been on very good form, and I think he would have been disappointed not to be not to be starting at Wembley. Yeah, you say about selecting strongest teams and stuff. Do you think that we set up tactically wrong? Uh, I do think that there's kind of a problem where the formate the sort of three four three formation can sometimes get a bit overwhelmed in midfield against big teams, particularly away from home. So. For example, I think we saw it against Sheffield Wednesday. Wayne play started up front by his own and was really quite ineffective. Uh, and not only was he ineffective, but also the rest of the team was just over overawed in midfield. Uh, I think maybe there is an argument for putting an extra man in midfield. Um, for me, though, it's an argument for starting two up top. Because recent games, yeah, playing like a three-five-two rather than a three-four-three. Yeah, I suppose yeah. The, the 
obviously there's two central midfielders against three in a three five two. Santos, as brilliant as he is, dominated everything against Hardy, which is to be expected. Flint did the same against uh, Ben Wayne. Uh, Cosgrove got dominated by Will Ameson, of all people, at the Bolton away game. Um, Barnsley Hardy got dominated by Anderson. You know, is it a case of teams sussing us out, pressing us much higher, whilst we have the ball at the back, long balls up to a, a, a single target man when we don't really have a target man? You could, you could count Cosgrove as our best target man, but he's not really a target man. And just, you know, people sussing out our game plan. Two, two things for that. Firstly, um, off of the tangent, I think our best target man is Niall Ennis, without a doubt, but he's injured. Um, secondly, from that, um, Lou disagrees, clearly. Um, anyway, secondly, I, I absolutely can't agree more with what you both say. I'm so frustrated by it. I don't want to have a big moan, because I think Schumacher's, um, you know, such a good manager generally. I don't want to pick faults in the one thing he's struggled with, but... I don't get how he can watch the games we have and think 3-4-3 was right for that game. As everyone said, many of those games, when we played 3-4-3 away from home, it's, I mean, yeah, two up two up front helps. But I think the main reason we do about it isn't the lack of two up front. I think it's not having that extra man in the middle. In, ga- in games against poor teams, they're going to sit back, we're going to attack them, and we can sacrifice the man in midfield because we don't really need it to overload the attacking areas. We need that accurate and it worked fine. In the games against the big teams, we're not going to have that control because these teams are good teams. They're quality teams. They're going to get at us. And, and we and we need the extra man in the midfield more than we need to overload the attacking areas. And and we've seen it in all the... Like you mentioned Wednesday, you mentioned Bolton, Barnsley. That's all correct. The other one I'd add is Ipswich. We were, we were the better team for the first hour of that game. He then took off... Uh, we were playing 3-5-2. He then took off Danny Mare to, to go 3-4-3. And then that, that was our worst spell of the game by an absolute country mile. Ipswich took the lead. We then brought on Finnegan's to go back to 3-5-2. And then when we went back to 3-5-2, we got the equaliser. Um, and that Ipswich game should have been the absolute textbook example to put the nail in the coffin, not to play 3-4-3, certainly not in away games against the big teams. But then we've done it so many times after and each and every time it's failed. So I just don't get why he keeps on doing it. Hopefully, the God, we do not end up in the playoffs. But if we do end up in the playoffs... We have got to play three, four, three, five, two. You know, maybe four, maybe, you know, four at the back, maybe. But we cannot play three, four, three again against a big team away from home. Absolutely cannot do it. But even at two, even at two nil down, right? Surely you look at that and just say, "I've got to change something. I've got to react." It's um, it's one of the reasons why I've not, why I probably didn't feel as bad about this game is that this year we've been down a lot and we've come back from losing positions regularly. So I thought it was going to happen. You know, I thought he's going to take him in at half time, give him an absolute <laughs> earful. Um, we'd come out slightly differently and 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 it would change like we've seen in many games this year. Um, it didn't happen. Um, but I think it's one of the few times where it hasn't happened this year, where in previous years we went, well, game after game after game after game without a plan B. Um, whereas I feel like this year we do we do have one. Um, Schumacher's happy to to change things. Just didn't happen that just didn't happen on the day. Um it's a fault, it's a big game. Maybe we should have done something differently, but it, it's for me, it's not a concern that we don't have the ability to do that because we've seen it regularly this year. Um it's 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 gutting that we didn't get it on Sunday, but I've got I, I don't I'm not doubting that we'd be able to do it again later in the season. And if we got God forbid we go down to the playoffs again. 
I'd, I'd, I'd feel like we're in a much better position than we were in previous years, certainly. How much of a blot on Schumacher's coffee, uh, copybook is this in terms of, you know, how, you know, freezing, arguably freezing in his biggest game as a manager? I don't really think it is. Um, I think that he, for someone who's not been in football for that long managing, he's actually had his fair share of quite heavy defeats. So like even this season that we've lost, we lost at Charlton heavily. We lost at Barnsley quite heavily. We lost at Peterborough heavily. It just tends to be that he sets his teams up in a way so that if things go wrong, then we don't really limit the damage. I think this was just another occasion of this. I don't think it's necessarily a blot on his copybook. I think it's just a extension of what we've seen in his career so far. In terms of in terms of those tactical changes that we we were suggesting in hindsight would would, would have been great. Um, obviously, we didn't find out until the day after about Ben Wayne and Niall Ennis's injuries. But like, even just looking at the bench on that on on Sunday, we just thought there's like absolutely no attacking changes that well as two. But like, you know, we can't really change a lot as when we need it. There was you know Lon Viking. Galloway, which I assume they were there as cover for Scar. You know, not a single youth player on the on the bench. What I expect is at least one. Those changes that we would all make in hindsight, what what would they have been and and, and why? Well, three five two, Hardy and Codsgrove up front, um, with Danny Mayer or Callum Wright, one of the two in behind, in kind of making up a three five two, and Butcher instead of Matete. So you kept right on. I'd I'd have had one of Mayor or I'd have had one on one of either Mayor or Wright in the three five two. I wouldn't have started Vance because I think he's gone poor form for uh quite a few recent weeks now. But I would have had one of those two as part of a three five two uh behind both Hardy and Cosgrove. Yeah, fair enough. Uh two last questions on this one then. Obviously the third goal uh, uh the throw in uh, routine as brilliant as it was for a, in a Bolton perspective. Is that one of the worst goals we've conceded in some time? It's the best throw we've had since that Tafari Moore one. <laughs> uh, just in disbelief. In disbelief. Like, why is he rushing that? No, I'd be, I, think I, I think I missed the beginning of that goal because I, just, I, I must have been speaking to, to, to Stan who was next to me or something. But uh, You definitely weren't speaking to me because I was down under the stand with a pint when that goal went in. I've only seen it on the highlights. Must have been someone else then. But all I remember is just seeing someone on the floor, ball going through, and um, and then however many Bolton fans jumping for joy. Um, yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Last question for me is obviously about Cosgrove. Uh, his tackle on a player's name that I can't pronounce properly without insulting whichever Irish nation he is from. Owen Toal? Owen Toal. Owen Toal. Him. Obviously, and his push on Kachunga. Are we saying that's desire and passion, or is that just a head loss? And does he deserve this season-long ban that uh, Bolton fans have been calling for? Yeah, it was a horrible tackle. Lucky not to get a red card. Should have been a red card. I don't know about a season-long ban. I think that's just a bit silly because, you know, ultimately you can't ban players based on how long the recipient is injured for. Otherwise, that just becomes totally inconsistent. But it should have been a red card and a free-game ban, and I completely understand why Ian Everett's so fuming about it. He's, he's a lucky boy, and Danny Merritt as well, actually. Just two bad challenges, and 
just symptomatic of the total loss of concentration, mentality, whatever that we had that day. Danny Mayer, run, run me through Danny Mayer's challenge. I might have, I might have had my head in my hands at this point. Uh, early one, just after 2-0, uh, over the far end. Um, a sliding one, quite excessive by the, by the touchline. Um, about 25 minutes in. Oh, if it was 25 got minutes in, man, I'd given up by that point. I'd, yeah, I'd fair enough. Hands, close to tears. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Let's move on to some of the Twitter questions, just the 16 to go through. I'm not going to ask you them all because we've been through some of them. I'd borrow some of them as my questions. Let's go for uh, McEwen Rice. Do we think that we have serious communication issues with our back three and our CDMs? Nah. Short answer, nah. Long answer... I think it's easy to um, maybe try and pull long systemic issues from a bad performance in one game, which I think this was. They can maybe have that appearance because Randall's not fit, and I think he is the best passer and the best at receiving the ball off the centre-backs in the squad. But I think that's just his game, and I think he just is better at doing that than the rest of the midfielders. I don't think it necessarily means that there are, like, fundamental communication issues between the centre-backs and the midfield. Whilst you mention him, how how much of a bonus is having Randall back for that running? Huge. He offers the squad something that the rest of the team doesn't have, in my opinion. That passing, really important. And uh, a sort of composure in midfield. He's almost everything we sort of expected Houghton to be, even though we'd seen Houghton play before. Yeah, Houghton definitely has his strengths, but not to the same extent as uh, Randall. He does have those really positive qualities. If we can get Randall and Matete back in that in that midfield too, I think I think we're we're cooking, as the kids say, they're cooking on gas. Um, I believe. Basically, the kids say that. Well, my nephews say it, and they're kids, so um, (laughs) yeah, let him cook. Apparently, Lou, shoot this one to you. Do you reckon the uh, Jack Jones? Do you reckon the disaster of a day at Wembley will affect the squad for the upcoming running of remaining games, or do you think that they will bounce back on Friday? Uh, I hope it doesn't. I don't think it will. As I sort of mentioned earlier, we've shown this year we can bounce back even within games. It's a big game of the weekend. Um, playing Derek Adams is always going to be it's always going to be interesting. We know the team. We know we know the game is to be difficult. Um, I've got faith that we'll be all right. Whether I feel differently on next Tuesday, we'll uh, we'll see. But I'm 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 confident. Um, you know, it, it seems like there is a whilst they didn't show it on sun on Sunday, there is character in this squad. Um, and as I said, 
we've shown it this year, we can come back. So I don't, I've, I've, I've got no major, major, major concerns yet. We'll just see what happens. Yeah, obviously moving on to Walkham away. Uh, Argyle Chance, I'll give him a shortened name, says, with, with four away days left in the league, and this is by far the weakest opposition, bold statement, uh, this is therefore a must-win, question mark. Quite a few advocates of changing our shape. Would you bother for Morecambe? Uh, as someone who just did make, a, and has on many, many previous podcasts, just made a very long, passionate point about do not play 3-4-3 away against the best teams, I, I wonder with Morecambe whether maybe we can get away with it because they're a weaker team. We, we, we can, you know, flood, flood their attack, you know, our attacking areas a little bit. And, and just overload the attack. That being said, Morecambe are much, much better at home than they are away. Their home form is the only reason they're in with a chance of staying up. Their home form is, I think, the 11th best in the league. Uh, yeah. Their away form is, is comfortably the worst in the league. So it is going to be a, a trickier game than people think. So I would I would maybe go 3-5-2 because I think, um, preparing to report to it, that Ben Wayne is back fit again. So I think that gives the striker on the bench, that, you know, I'd, I'd start Harding and Codsgrove. Um, I, I I wouldn't be angry if we go 3-4-3 because they are ultimately a weaker team, but I would lean towards 3-5-2. I'd go Harding and Codsgrove. I'd go Danny Mayer behind, behind them. And I'd go um, Houghton and Butcher as the midfield to assuming Randall isn't going to be fit uh, to, to start the game. And I'd go wing-backs. I, frankly, I don't really want to pick any of them after, um, after Sunday, but I I'd probably would go... Uh, Saxon early, he seems to be a bit, a bit of an away game specialist, and I guess probably Edwards on the other side. Yeah, obviously that that return fixture saw Connor Ripley have the game of his life. Um, but he seemed to have quite a few games of his life in a row. Uh, obviously saved a penalty from Morgan Whitaker. Uh, you know that that day was nervy at home park. You know, I, I I just imagine that if we go and set up the same way we have pretty much every game, that Derek's just going to have a plan. For us, and he's just going to annihilate us because it's what he does. But on the other hand, they don't have great players, and I don't want to get too overconfident. But we do have we have players. great players? Do we have great we have players? Well, no. I mean, I suppose you don't have great players in League One, but uh, we have better players. Somebody should tell the other side. We don't. We have better players than they do. Um. We should win. Uh, we should go out there with the confidence that we can win. There's no reason not to. I think we play our own game. Uh, I think we play 3-4-3, three, three, and I think we can go out there and win. Obviously, they no longer have the threat of the, the attacking threat of Anthony O'Connor, who uh, skipped through our defence and made them all look uh, amateurish as well at home park. So, um, yeah, it should be a good one. Obviously, after that, we face uh, Lincoln at home. Any uh, any worries over them? Obviously, more of a more of a home team specialist as well. Lou. Again, I think at this point you just take each game as it comes. Is again, it, it, it's a it's a boring answer, but you know, lots of draws. You know, you imagine they're going to come out probably looking for looking to just stifle us. Um, I've again. Yeah. But just three four three didn't work at the weekend. Uh, it has been other occasions where it hasn't, but it has worked for a lot of the year. Um, a lot of the players that performed quite poorly at the weekend played have played well this year. You know, Mumba wasn't great at the weekend, but he's been fantastic this year. Certainly going forward, um, 
the defenders, you know, whilst we've we've had some big losses, there's been very good. There's been pit bits throughout the year where they have been very, very, very good. So uh, I would just, you know, you can tweak it with the team, you know, try not to be predictable. Um, but also, <laughs> if it's your strongest team, play your strongest team. If it's what if it's if it's what's worked for you all year, you know, it took a good Bolton team to beat us. Um, you can always keep your keep your other things in the back pocket and just make sure you actually use them this time. So, Lincoln worry me a bit. They're they're they're, they're, they're I think they're they're just an extraordinary draw specialist team overall. I mean, they've actually drawn half their league games this season. That's when you consider that you know, most football matches statistically are won by one team or the other. A draw is a, is a statistically you know the, the less likely result than a, than an actual win either way for a team to have drawn. Actually, as many as half their matches, um, it, it's just incredible, really. Um, they, they, just, they clearly are a, are, are a funny old team who who have a knack of maybe not winning the games they should against the worst teams, but also frustrating teams who would expect to beat them. That they looked at this side when we went to Cincinnati Bank in November. Uh, they they held Sheffield Wednesday to a draw. They've got four points out of it. Switched this season out of, out of a possible six. So they're they're really a a, a, a tricky side and I think if we can come out of that Easter weekend with six points we'll have done very very well indeed I would probably even take four points at the moment just because they are both banana skins um, that we could slip on So how do we see that then four, four points is a positive and threes and threes dismal I don't think mm, three, three would be I wouldn't say dismal three would be not good enough because ultimately we need to be averaging two points a game um, for the remainder to, to go up. Um, so I, I think two or below would, would be dismal. Three would be disappointing. Four would be satisfactory. Six, four, four would be good. Let me reword that. Three would be underwhelming. Four would be good. Six would be excellent. And obviously we can't get five. So that's out of the question. Um, predictions. Let's just go straight for predictions. Uh, running thin on questions. Um Predictions ahead of Morecambe and Lincoln. Lou? Uh, 4 0 against Morecambe, 4 0 against Lincoln. Make it easier? Nah. Um, I, I'd like to think we'd beat Morecambe. Um, it'd be silly to put a score in it, but you know, I don't. I don't That's the game. One. What's that? That's the game. game. You've got to put a score oh. on it. Well, we'll go 2 <laughs> we'll go two, one us against Morecambe, and we'll go 2 0 us against Lincoln. I, I think we can beat both teams. Um, it's all well being apprehensive, but there's a there, there's a there's a reason we're you know tied at the top of the league. So, go on, Stan, play the game. Uh, well, I'm going to temper my uh, optimism slightly. I'm going to say we'll beat Morecambe two nil and draw one all against Lincoln. Uh, Stan has just pretty much said the exact two scores. I was going to say. Um, I, I was kind of toying between two. I was kind of toying between two nil and one nil for Morecambe. So let's say that we'll or beat Morecambe one nil and we'll draw one one to the draw specialist of the league in Lincoln. Yeah, I think it's going to be the other way around. <laughs> I can see us going to Morecambe and get beat and you know meltdown in shoes on Twitter and on free chat and uh, um, then we then we get a decent result against Lincoln. We turn them over. Um, you know, as the uh, the Wembley hangover continues, but yeah, what will be will be, as um, Doris Day once said. 
Nice. I think we'll call that a night. Nice, easy, nice short one. We don't really want to go over too many of the, uh, the Wembley issues. We don't really want to drag that on. We want to get out and, and, and obviously a good have a good Friday um, and a good Monday, which it should be called, but it isn't religious. Why is it called Good Friday? It wasn't very good, really, was it? No. Jesus. Depends on your point of view, I guess. I suppose so, yeah. There, there, there is a theological reason for that, and, and Stan just said it. It's the uh, the Christian belief that Jesus died for our sins. And there we go. Never thought theology would be in an Argyle Life podcast, and it probably won't be because it'll probably be cut. But there we go. That's that's the reason why. Will Jordan Houghton score for our sins again away at Morecambe? A goal that many people missed again away at Morecambe on Good Friday, no less. Good Friday the previous time as well. Top yeah. knowledge. Uh, yeah, it'd be good for him to. Add to his total of two goals for the club, both in the northwest at Morecambe and Accrington. Be good to him for him to get another third goal in the northwest, and uh, let's just hope that he actually um, does. If, if he starts, because I think he'll be lucky if he does start. To be honest, after his performance, but but then again, I think the testing would be even luckier. So one of them's got to start with Butcher, and yeah, who knows? We'll see. Well, if Adam Randall's back, he doesn't have to start. So Randall and Butchell, Randall and Butchell, yeah, them. Them, please. Two new signings. Um, cool. Call that a day. Cheers, guys. Lovely. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah. With that brings a close to another Green and White pod brought to you by Argyle Life. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, like on Facebook, and keep up to date with all things Argyle by checking out www.argyle.life. As always, with all listens, old and new, we really appreciate if you could leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us. Every rating helps us beat that algorithm. See you next week. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.